When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Lifestyle Practice Podcast, where we cut out the BS and cut to the chase. Just made that up, but it's true. I'm your host for today, Justin Short. Let's start off with getting through the housekeeping. I'm not sure how you ended up listening to this podcast right now today, but I can tell you we're genuinely honored that you have chosen to spend a little bit of your precious time listening to us. You, Y-O-U, all of you that contribute to our currently 10,000 downloads a month, are why we do this. We don't have to do this, but we sincerely enjoy getting to talk to you and encourage you and help you along in your journey. And our business behind the podcast is working with docs one-on-one to help them build the practice and life that they want and that they can be proud of. If you're interested in learning more about that, let's talk. And figure out how we can get you performing at a higher level and living the life that comes with that. You can email us at Justin, Steve, or Derek at thelifestylepractice.com or go to our website, thelifestylepractice.com. And we hope to hear from you. And I can tell you that you will not regret it. So today I wanted to discuss something a little bit more tangible with you that I have the last couple podcasts that I've done. Something that you can touch, feel, and really just go in and put it into action in your office tomorrow. And I call it the magic whiteboard. And the reason I call it that is because it has to do with a whiteboard and I've seen it do magical things. So hence the name magical whiteboard, right? But it's not like a hocus-pocus, abracadabra kind of magic. If you've been around for any length of time, you know, I believe, there really is no magic. But that we create our own magic by putting in the work that others will not do and doing the right things that others don't know to do. So, let's get into it. Basically, what you do. Listen closely because this is very high tech and I'm only going to explain it once. So what you do is you go buy a whiteboard. If you go on Amazon, they can probably have it to you in like six minutes. And you get some markers and then you put that whiteboard in your break room in the office and you write down your goals for the office on that said whiteboard and you force yourself and everyone in your office to look at it several times a day. Now, I'm not talking like, hey, Susie, hey, Mike, get in here. I'm going to hold your face to this whiteboard kind of thing. No, it's just in a place where just by going through their normal day-to-day routine, they have to go by it and look at it. So just wanted to clear that up. And with that whiteboard, you update it, or better yet, you delegate the updating of the whiteboard to show where you're at in relation to your goals each month. And if you do that and you do it right, and we'll go into a little bit more detail of on how to do that right, 
I bet you can produce 10,000 or more minimum next month. I've seen it happen. I've seen it go way above 10,000. But I think 10,000 is a safe number if you do it and put it into action. So what needs to go on the whiteboard? Good question. First, you need your production goal on there. I'd say to start at least 10% over what you've averaged for the last three months. Then, depending on how serious you are, you can add other things you'd like to track. Maybe crowns, implants, ortho cases, sleep cases, scaling and replanings, reviews even, whatever. I'm guessing most of you don't have goals for most of those things I just listed. You probably leave them to chance. At the beginning of the month, you throw your chips up in the air, and at the end of the month, you look around and see where they landed. And I want to share something with you. You hit what you're focused on. And what we're doing is forcing you and your team to subconsciously or consciously focus on these things. It makes you unable to lie to yourself and say, I feel like we're doing pretty good this month. I bet we're probably doing enough crowns or scalings or Invisalign cases. It creates accountability. It's like if you're trying to lose weight. Who's likely to be more successful? The person who writes down what they eat and forces themselves to get on the scale every morning or the one who says, eh, I feel lighter today. I don't need to check my weight. That cheat meal probably didn't set me back too far. There's probably only 150 calories in that cheeseburger. And that's what a lot of practice owners do, right? Because they don't want the pain of seeing where they're at every day. They'd rather wait until the end of the month and say, oh, man, we were close, but we didn't hit our goals again. Oh, well, we'll try again next month. And hopefully those chips will fall in a better place for us, guys. See you Monday. The most successful people you'll meet in any endeavor want the truth. And this forces you to look at the truth. The other reason it works so well, and this is kind of more hard to put into words, but I'm going to use a couple examples to help me. First, there have been more times than I can count, literally, that a client has told me stories about how the team would be looking at the board and point out how close the office was to hitting the goal. And then they kicked it into another gear in order to hit that goal that was set. Three days left. We need 15000 to hit the goal. We only have 12000 on the books. And then they all start looking at ways to make up that $3,000. And magically, they actually end up hitting it. Whereas, if they didn't know the goal, and also know where they were in relation to that goal, it wouldn't have made a difference. They would have been fine with the $12,000 they had scheduled and never thought anything about it. I want to be the business owner who does think about it and has the team that thinks about it. And I definitely want that for my clients. And even if you're not a client and you're just listening, I want that for you too, or I wouldn't waste my breath. True story. Just last week, or I guess it's the last week in August, I have a, a client I'll call Al. And I'm calling him that because that's his name. We started working together on June 2nd of this year, 2021. 
the last six months preceding his average office production was 56,000. We set a goal for August last month of $90,000. Now, he hasn't been able to take that much time off. That's one of the reasons we started working together. So we set the high goal of $90,000 for August. And if he hits that, he's going to schedule his first week off in a long time. And in addition to that, he's going to give each of his team members a paid week off in addition to the bonus he already has in place. And trust me, going from $56,000 to $90,000, you have plenty of room to give a little bonus there. So sure enough, last couple weeks of the month rolls around. Team knows the goal. They all see their schedule a little short heading into the second half of the month. And he wrote me and said, the team hit a different gear than he's ever seen. And they ended up that month, last month, August 2021, at $101,320. $45,000 increase from average in three months. Went from a practice doing $672,000 a year to $1.2 million a year. You can't tell me the things we preach, like, for example, this small tactic we're discussing today, do not work. Think about it. Really think about it with me for a second. His practice did not change. His patience did not change. It's not like all of a sudden we start working together and he's got all these patients that are coming in. Please, I'll do dentistry on me. Please. I know I've never wanted it before. I know I've always had a, you know, a good reports before when you've done my checkups, but find something. No, his patients are the same, same patient base. His location did not change. Didn't pick up his office and go to a, from a really dull, slow part of town to a bustling part of the town. His skill set didn't change. He didn't go and finish some big implant continuum. But you know what changed? He changed. And he's working on changing his team and his culture. And we see that over and over with our clients. And this is a perfect example. The changes with Al took place between his ears. They took place in his belief. They took place in how he looked at his business. And I know most of the practice I look at are leaving money on the table every single month. And that lost revenue, it robs you. It robs your family of time with you. It robs your family of the life you want to provide for your family. And robs you of the future that deep down you want to have, but maybe you're too scared to even say you want it because you're afraid you won't hit it. And it wouldn't have made me a bad person, per se, just like anyone else. It wouldn't have changed my character, but I can tell you my life and my family's life would be grossly different today if my practice had produced fifty to 60000 a month during my career than what it did. And that's just facts. Like it or not, that money has an effect on our life, it does. I don't make the rules. So I want to be the business owner, and I want you to be the business owner, that if you called my office, let's say four days before the end of a month, and you asked them, like, hey, where are you in relation to your goal? You know, are you there? Are you not there yet? How much more do you have to go? I want them to be able to say without blinking an eye, without skipping a beat, they could say, oh, yeah, sure. 
our goal is X and we're currently scheduled to Y and we're going to figure out how to make up that difference if needed between now and then. We have two hours on Tuesday afternoon we can fill. We have an hour on Thursday morning we need to get filled and then we'll hit our goal. That's a team right there that's set up to win. It's hard to beat that team. Again, it's the knowing of what the goal is and where you are in relation to that goal and a motivating factor to hit that goal along with a plan. Sounds more complicated than it is, but really you can break it down those steps. If you don't know what the goal is or where you're at in relation to that goal, there's no reason to push. If you don't know where you're at, you're fine just doing that $12,000 we mentioned earlier, not going for the 15 because you and your team have no clue where you're at anyway. Another illustration. If you're in a competition, let's say like a race, and you're each running one at a time, do you want to go first or do you want to go last? You want to go last, right? Because even though you were going to try your hardest, if you know what you have to beat, you may squeak out an extra second or two if you know that time is you have to be. Five years ago, another true story. Five years ago, I was on a family vacation with extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins. I was like in my upper 30s at the time. I have two very well-built cousins. They were in their early 20s at the time, maybe even 19. I don't know. Big muscles, abs, good-looking guys. And we were hanging out, and I'm not sure how it came to be, but we or they decided they wanted to do a push-up competition. Now, my family, my wife's right there, my three kids are right there, even though one was probably very small. I said, I'll do it, but I get to go last. They didn't really care when I went because they're looking at me, they're looking at themselves, they're saying, that dude's 15, 20 years older, he's got three kids, how's he going to compete with us? Fair assessment. Except they didn't know who they were up against, right? And for all intents and purposes, I shouldn't have been able to compete, but I know, I knew if I went last that I would do at least one more push-up than them or I would die trying, which was equally possible. So they both did their push-ups and I got down and sure enough, I did one more than they did. I remember it like it was yesterday because it was like the best day of my life and I rub it into them every time I see them. But had I gone first... I'm sure I wouldn't have done as many as I did. And I'm sure they would have pushed on and outperformed me. But since I knew where I was in relation to the goal I had, I was able to keep going and push on. Same thing with having the goal clearly visible and keeping it updated so that you know where you're at in your office, in your business, in relation to that goal. Now, to kind of bring it this full circle so that you can take it and use it. Let's break it down a little bit. Number one, you get a whiteboard. When I said that, it kind of, if you ever seen that SNL skit, we're like, number step one, get a box. Step two, anyways, hopefully some of you, most of you don't know what I'm talking about there, but it just kind of made me remember that. So step one, you get a whiteboard. You choose a goal. You put that goal on, on there along with a place to keep a daily tally to see where you're at each day in relation to the goal. Number two, I feel it works better if there's a reward for hitting the goal. Maybe it's where your bonus system starts. 
maybe your bonus system starts a little below that. But this goal would put them at a level they've never hit before. Maybe it's a, a one-off in addition to a normal bonus system because you know the because you know the first time you hit a higher level is the hardest time you'll hit that level. Once you prove it's possible to make it, makes it much easier to do that again. It's like the four-minute mile. No one can do it. No one can do it. Thinks it's impossible. Then someone doesn't. All of a sudden, everybody's breaking it. Hell, I could probably go out and break the four-minute mile right now. Just kidding. But either way, like I said, I think it looks works better if there's some reward. You say, hey, this is our goal. 100,000, 140,000, 150,000. We hit this. Boom. You guys get this. Not the only reason we're doing it, but I want to reward you guys for working hard. Number three. You lead your team to get excited about hitting the goal and lay out your plan to achieve it. Team, we're going to break 140 this month, and here's how we're going to do it. And it could be like staying engaged, completing this many crowns, scheduling more efficiently, same-day treatment, this many Invisalign cases, this many scalings, whatever it is. I don't care. How we get there isn't the focus of this podcast. But I do always think laying out a plan helps in this situation. And perhaps you have those other metrics on your whiteboard. It's up to you. Do what you got to do to hit your goal. Those are the things we work with docs to customize. But my point of this podcast is that even if you did nothing else but place that dang whiteboard with the goal and tracked it in front of everyone, I'm convinced, and I know from experience, your numbers will increase. Finally, you've got to show up. You've got to lock it in and show up. If you're not showing up every day ready for battle for the goals you have, how can you expect your team to show up like that? Never, ever expect those you lead to go after the goals you have more than you will. They take their cues from you. Be the example. Stack the days of holding to the standard you've set. And if you half-heartedly set the goals and then half-heartedly go after them, you're pissing in the wind if you're trying to get your team to follow you. It ain't going to happen. So, final question. Are you going to put this into practice? Or are you going to sit around and think about it until it fades enough from your memory that you no longer feel guilty for not taking action? Which is what most people do. Like always, the choice is yours. What your life looks like in 5, 10, 20 years depends on the standard you set and hold to today. Not in 5 or 10 or 20 years. That will be based off the standard you set today, period. There's no other way around it. That's it for today. Until next time, peace. Jump without a net, never break a sweat Cause I live my life like it's all I got